Hey, my name is Shannon Lee, and you're listening to The Slapcast. Hello, welcome to The Slapcast. This is Shannon Lee, your host, and this is episode 18 of The Slapcast. This podcast is found all the places that you can listen to podcasts. So if you're new, please like and subscribe so you never have to miss when a new episode drops. Also, I want you to know I'm always open to topics, ideas, guests, and you can let me know by emailing me at slapcast at relayleadership.org. I want to hear from you. Now, on today's episode, I decided to try something new on the show. My guest today has agreed to be coached live by me on the Slapcast. That's right. She has brought up a workplace issue and I'll take her through some steps applying our own servant leadership mindset strategies and coaching methodologies to hopefully help her get to a new place of understanding. Now, in this particular coaching session, I decided to ask her a series of questions to get to the core of what she was really feeling about a situation. And I think you're going to be intrigued by how difficult it is for all of us to really answer the question, how does this make you feel? So I'm a little nervous, but also really excited about this because I obviously love helping and developing others, but coaching is less about me helping you and more about you discovering you. So why don't you join me and let's see how it went. Christy. Hello. Hello. I'm so glad that you're here today. And I already shared with the listeners that we're doing something new on the Slapcast. We decided that it would be super interesting if we took some of the methodologies that we use in our training and coaching and did a little live coaching on the Slapcast. Great. And you were the brave soul who said me first. And so you're here today. So thanks so much. I appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for having me. So without further ado... Why are we here today? What can I do to help you? Awesome. Well, here we go. So um, just, I think a little bit background about me, um, had been in two organizations where I had been there for six plus years, um, always actually been kind of the number two to, um, to the CEO or to the leader. And um, also was, I would say I'm probably one of those people that can be a little bit... Um, loyal to a fault sometimes within an organization. So, um, you know, really align with the mission, with the people, things like that. Um, so, but I've found myself in the last um, three years with um, different leaders and um, each one has been around for about a year. So um, I'm, I'm in a state of, we'll call it maybe discomfort um, and just really understanding um, how to really get to get my footing. And, you know, it's interesting because I always tell people it's one thing to interview for an organization and pick your leader. Um, it's another thing to um, have your leader chosen for you. And I think you learn a ton. Um, but now going through three years of different leadership, um, I'm, I'm just finding that there's some different challenges that I'm having a difficult time kind of navigating. And I think there may be some other listeners out there that um, are, are in that similar, similar space. So what's the biggest frustration 
Thank you for sharing that. That's, that's helpful. And the background is actually extremely helpful. So when you think about having three different leaders over what time period again? Three years. Three years. So, so a new one every year. A new one every year. So I know what that means to me and how I would be frustrated. Can you give me a little bit more um, and use more feeling words around the frustration? What does that create in you um, that's wanting you to talk about this today, that's creating this frustration? Let's kind of get more specific about how that's making you feel. So I'm a relationship person um, by trade, but then also um, because of the roles that I'm in. So I'm very, very relationship driven, um, getting to know people, building trust, things like that. But we also know that trust takes time. Um, and then also I'm in a space that typically tends to be um, more innovative. Um, so we're building and creating things. But with a change in leadership, um, regardless of if it's in my past organization or now moving into um, my newer organization, those visions change and those those different things about yourself that you find as strengths with one leader changes as a new leader comes in. So some of the emotions I feel is what one leader valued in me, a different leader doesn't necessarily value in me. Um, and I so think, can I stop you yeah, right there? Please. That's do. not an emotion. Okay. So, but I understand it. Okay. So what do you feel when one person values you and someone else doesn't for the same, let's say, the same way that you show up, the same characteristic. So leader A values you because you are, let's just pick one of the things you know you're strong at. Yeah. You're great at relationship building. Yes. Um, I, I know this about you. Right. So you're great at relationship building. You've got leader A that really values this, acknowledges it, maybe even praises you for it, encourages you around this, and maybe gives you more responsibilities around it, mm -hmm. which for someone like you and me, we're like, that means that I'm doing good because I'm getting more to do, right? Around right. my strength. Now you have leader B who doesn't acknowledge it and we don't know yet, but they might not even care about it. Right. 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 And all of a sudden you're left with, it's almost like a vacuum. So mm -hmm. what does that feel like to you? Insecurity. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So thank you. That's you're what welcome. we're trying to get to. <laughs> so the, fir the first point I want to make before we continue to move on in your story is it's really imperative that when we coach ourselves through these situations, because not everyone can get a coach right. and not everyone has time. Um, well, time are, is a resource, but many people don't have the resources, whether it be time, money, whatever. Mm -hmm. But we can all coach ourselves. Right. And that's something I'm a big fan of um, in everything that we do and in my own coaching program. So in coaching ourselves, we have to get to the core emotion Okay. Even if we can't get to the core, core emotion, just we have to get to a feeling word and you know, you're getting closer to kind of hitting the nail on the head, how you feel because there's a reaction in you. Mm -hmm. So when you said, I feel insecure, I could see it. Christy's here. So mm -hmm. I could see it in your eyes. There was an emotion attached to that. Like mm -hmm. there was something visceral going on there that I don't know if you realized it now or if you're just being, or just verbalizing it now, but you already knew that that feeling of insecurity with that lack of recognition is what's really driving, um, at least that particular situation. Mm -hmm. So, but until we can get there, it's hard to then take the next steps. Okay. So what else do you want me to know about that? Anything with the situation? 
I think the other piece is that when you get hired into a position, right, you market yourself for certain qualities, certain things that you bring to the table. But I think that when you have leadership changes, um, you're, you're not quite sure, you're kind of reselling yourself to that new, um, that new leader's visions and goals for the organization. Um, and so it leaves me sometimes floundering in a sense of, um, what do I move forward because we don't know each other, um, because they're not the one who hired me. So maybe I'm not the candidate that they would have chosen. Mm -hmm. Um, but while still, remaining kind of in a position that you are hired into, um, to build, to grow, to cultivate. Um, so I think that's probably the other piece of, um, professionally, how do you, um, how do you coach yourself when you have all of these uncertainties and you're also navigating the waters of a new leader who you just don't know? On both ends, right? They don't really know you. You don't really know them. So you're trying to build that trust. So, um, so how do you how do you kind of accelerate maybe building that trust while you're um, while you're navigating kind of all of those those waters as well? Okay, that's okay. Awesome. So here's where I want to start. Okay, I'm going to actually do this. But for people listening, I want you to imagine drawing a line down the middle of a piece of paper. And in Christy's situation, we're going to have Christy decide what she can control and what she cannot control. All things you can think of. So let's start with what you can't control about this whole situation. What's one of those? Just start making a list. Something you can't control. How other people's think, people think of me. Mm-hmm. How other people think. Um, what about the circumstance itself? Yeah, like who my leader yeah. is the the change the change who the leader is and i'm writing for real um what else can't you control you can't control the speed of trust right i'm just riffing right now the process mm -hmm. i guess that's a whole i could do a whole podcast on process um, I'm just reviewing my notes from what you said. Um, mm. How about this? One of the things I noted is you seem to really value loyalty mm -hmm. because you give it. Typically, the values that we show up with the strongest towards others are what we really secretly want from people. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's okay. I mean, that that's normal. Um, so thinking about this idea of loyalty, I think it goes along the lines with not being able to control the change that's mm -hmm. happening, all these transitions happening. But I'm almost wondering too, if it's almost a disappointment that you don't experience that same loyalty from other leaders that they're just moving in and out. But you'd have to tell me that. I don't want to assume. Yeah, no, I think that's... Um no, I think that's a, a fair statement that I, the connection piece is big for me um, because I, that, that is part of 
my kind of all in, right? Is I'm, um, and you know this about me, I'm all in. I'm all mm-hmm. in in whatever it is that I'm doing, um, you know, during my, my job. And so not having that connection mm-hmm. um, leaves, it leaves, it just leaves a void. It really leaves a void for me. Yeah, because you can try to connect, but. Right. If there's a stone wall there. Yeah, it's just, there's just not a lot that I can do. And I'm not someone who can um, just go in, do my job and check out. Like I'm emotionally involved um, in all that I do. So, um, so yeah. What can you control in this situation? Um, How I show up. Mm -hmm. I can control um, how I can continue to contribute, you know, to the team, to the work that I do. What about the connection piece? What part of that is in your hula hoop? I think I can control the vulnerability aspects of it. Like what I want to share Mm -hmm. um, is a piece that I can control. Um, I can't control then how that's interpreted, received, not received. Right. Um, And I can't control the action about it, right? I can share with someone here are some other traits that I have. Here are some other ways I can contribute to the team. But I can't control then what they do with that information I share. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we ha- and this list could possibly be even more exhaustive, right? right? right. We have a time limitations. Yes. So thinking about what you can control and not can control, my next question for you is if you could get what you want in this situation, what will be the ideal outcome? Keeping in mind... That if we spin our wheels wanting things that are outside of our control, we are wasting our time. Right. Right. That's energy that could be spent on getting creative about different choices. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to want more stability in your leadership, but for the purposes of coaching yourself to feeling different about this, because if I can eventually get you feeling different about this, whether or not the situation changes... From others' perspective, it will change for you. Right. Your experience will change. So thinking about the things that are within your ability to control and possibly influence, mm-hmm. what is the ideal outcome or what would you like to be experiencing instead of what you're experiencing now from an emotional standpoint, but then also from you know um, a circumstantial standpoint? That is a heavy question. Um, I, I think, I mean, I think it, it is that is that connection piece. My role is always around kind of giving to clients, to customers, to, you know, others on the team. So when I, so what I'm finding is that when I'm not having that same feeling at the leadership level, it is hard for me then to continue at kind of the pace maybe that I'm at because there's no kind of, not that it's this person's responsibility as I kind of say this out loud to kind of like fill that cup. So I think that one, I would want to know, um, why am I seeking, is it even that person's role to be 
the leader slash mentor? Um, is there another person I could find that in? Um, because is that really their role and their responsibility? Um, and then, you know, or what are some of the other things that I could do that would, um, make me not feel kind of half empty, um, so that I'm still, out there doing the work that I do. I want to caution you for a second. Okay. Number two time you've skipped over the emotion. Yeah. (laughs) I, you're going right. I don't like emotion. You're going right. I mean, none of us do. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, you're going right to solutions already. Right. It's like you're, you're self analyzing and it's like, you know what you need to do, but what I'm trying to do is get you further back in the process or further closer to the beginning of the process. Yeah. Because what you might find is what you think you want and what you think the solution is cognitively knowing the solution, even if you're dead on right without the middle process, you're actually not going to do it. Right. Right. So you started off great. You said, I want to have connection that's fine. You don't have to qualify what you want. Okay. Okay. You want connection. And I believe that that is your attempts at connection are definitely within your control. Mm -hmm. You can't control people's response to your connection, your attempts to connect. Right. Right. I want to sit down and have, be a little appropriately vulnerable with my boss and discuss something important to me. And the boss looks at me and goes, okay, that's nice. There's nothing I can do about that. Right. Okay. Um, so you said you want more connection. What else do you want when it comes to this frustration that you're experiencing if you could get whatever you want? Acknowledgement. Okay. I had a feeling we were headed there. Okay. So a couple things that I'd like to ask you to consider when you think about that. Number one. If you get the acknowledgement that you seek and you're able to get the connection that you seek, right? What is that going to do for you? What is that going to create for you? I think it gives the work purpose that we're building something together and we're moving something forward. Okay. And then what bad thing is going to happen in your mind if you don't get that kind of connection and you don't get that kind of acknowledgement? That we won't move anything forward and we won't build anything together. Okay. All right. So those potential impacts of getting or not getting what you want are... The space in between those things is essentially fear. Mm -hmm. So here's what I want. And if I don't get it, something bad's going to happen. So let's challenge that a little bit. If I don't get what I want, things aren't going to move forward. And and we're keeping it general on purpose. Right. Um, But something not moving forward, then what? What does that mean about you? It means the time spent isn't worth anything. 
Okay. And then what if you spend time on stuff that's not worth anything? Then what? Then all the time I'm spending not (laughs) doing other things is for nothing. What other things are you not doing? Like being home with my family, being home with my kids. So it's like that void of what's motivating me to leave the house every morning is motivating me to make, you know, just anything a little bit better than it was the day before. Um, And I mean, and it can be the smallest things. It's not even like these big transformational impacts, but it's like just that being around people that want to just make things a little bit better, right? That just want to give a little bit more of themselves to just change it a little bit more. And so if that isn't happening in where I'm spending a bulk of my time, it's my, it's my reality. I think it's Mm -hmm. most people's reality. Right. And so if we're not improving it just a little bit, because it's the right thing to do, it's the, the, the better thing to do. It's however you want to put it. Um, then, then what is it for? Okay. I think I have it. So now in a normal coaching environment, I wouldn't go here because it'd be more appropriate to take something like this and work over multiple weeks. And and, and I'm not trying to sell you anything. (laughs) Um, I got a bridge to sell you. I'm explaining. Yeah. Yeah. I'm explaining that to say that I'm truncating a process here that normally anyone out there who's a certified coach would tell you you know, that is something that you guide someone towards. Mm -hmm. Um, you really don't even guide people towards anything. You, they, it's a self-discovery process and, and and I'm like a, it kind of is a tour guide, but it's more of like, Oh, you just noticed something. Let me tell you what you just noticed versus what I'm going to do right now is tell you what I noticed. Okay. So, um, so two things that, that I'd like, and then I am totally open for you to push back and go, you are totally off Shannon. Okay. Okay. So, um, this secure insecure piece, um, you said it in a couple different ways. You said that it makes you feel insecure when you don't get the acknowledgement from one boss that you used to get from another. It makes you feel unsure of yourself and feeling like you have to constantly resell. So that statement of reselling is just another way of saying it's another insecure right. kind of response. Okay. So let's talk about that for a second. I think Number one, from a big macro standpoint, super normal to feel insecure whenever there's new leadership around. Mm-hmm. Super normal to feel like we have to prove ourselves. The problem is, is whenever we're in the mode of feeling like there's something to prove, we are not showing up as our authentic self. Mm-hmm. So what happens is we actually perpetuate the insecurity. We solve the problem with the problem. Now, I'm not a math teacher. But I know that the answer to the math problem is not the math problem. So here's what I mean. I'm feeling insecure. Think about this as a vicious cycle. Okay. I'm feeling insecure. So from an insecure place, I'm experiencing everything, interpreting my world. When I'm doing that, it's actually impacting the way I act and react to the, to the boss that I have. Mm-hmm. And people pick up on insecurity. 
How do you feel when you're around someone who's, who you pick up that they're insecure? Do you feel like you want to be around them more? Do you feel icky? Do you feel like you got to take care of them? How do you feel when you're around someone who is insecure? Well, I hyperanalyze them. <laughs> I, I mean, usually I feel, I feel sad for people because I feel like I can feel their reaction to me are their own insecurities. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't usually actually take on their insecurities, um, which I think is good. But, um, but yes. I tend to believe that insecure people are more difficult to be around because it's this feeling that they are depending on me to feel secure. It's the same thing in a dating relationship where one person smothers the other person Mm -hmm. because one of them feels like they need them so much. Mm -hmm. And so similarly, when we're feeling insecure, whether we know it or not, we're acting in an insecure way Mm -hmm. in attempt to feel more secure, but we can't. The only way we feel more secure is acting in accordance with our values despite the circumstances that are going on around us because that builds our self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And so thinking about the times that you're, in, that you're feeling the most insecure and assigning the, um, the causation of this switching around and everything. And again, I'm not discounting the fact that having a new boss every year can cause instability. Mm-hmm. But instability in an environment does not have to equal, I feel insecure. Okay. And so what's on the organization side is the lack of consistency. That's the stuff you can't control. Mm -hmm. What you are in charge of is how you interpret that and what that means to you. So right now, not being able to connect, as we talk about it in our program, Connect Meaningfully, not being able to connect meaningfully to a, a boss equates to you, I don't feel good about what I'm doing and I don't mm-hmm. feel secure in, in my abilities. So is it true that you are any less capable because you have a new boss? No. No. How much proof do you have that you are extremely qualified, I would argue overqualified for your job in the ability to do your job. And we're not talking about specifically what you do. Right. I know what you do. Believe me, she's qualified. <laughs> You're fantastic at what you do. You're a great relationship builder. How much proof do you have that you believe about yourself that you are also good at that? I believe I am. Yeah. You have yes. a lot of proof. Right. Right. And, and if you were a little unsure of that, I bet you we could call former employers, people that we both know, you know, I, I, I know that you believe that. Mm-hmm. So why then do you tell yourself the lie that you're not good enough because there's a new boss that doesn't connect with you? Like your capabilities haven't changed. Your accomplishments haven't changed. What you bring to the table hasn't changed. What might have changed is how they're tapping into it, Mm -hmm. right? But that doesn't actually change your identity. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. There's a difference between utilization how much someone utilizes your talents and abilities mm-hmm. and recognizes them and what's actually there. Right. So this insecure piece 
is the first piece I wanted to talk about because anytime we feel insecure, it's going to really darken the experience we have at work. Mm -hmm. Especially when we have this cognitive dissonance, it's like, I'm feeling insecure, but also I know I've done some stuff. Right. And I, and I've struggled with this too. Mm -hmm. This is not like a you problem. This is a human problem. And so what I would challenge you around with that moving forward would be throughout, you know, in and out of your days, as you have that feeling, just make note of it in okay. your phone, at night in a journal, whatever. Just make note and, and just kind of note the circumstance, just shorthand, you know, mm-hmm. um, this happened and whatever. Once you start seeing a pattern, um, and you will, start challenging the things that are telling you that story that you're not capable because that's what insecurity is telling us. We're not good enough. We don't have enough, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then you just go... I'm going to tell you what I say out loud to myself, but out loud, I'll go, that is so silly, Shannon. That is not true. Like I say, stop. That is not true Mm -hmm. because your secure feeling on the inside or insecure feeling on the inside actually comes from you. It doesn't come from anyone else. But somewhere, and I'm not a psychologist, somewhere in your programming as a child or whatever, you learned a coping mechanism that allowed you appropriately as a child to grab security externally. But as we get to adults, we we don't do that anymore. When we do, we get confused between what we're really good at and what we're really capable at versus what that old voice is telling us. Mm -hmm. And so what you're experiencing is really normal. And the way to begin to shift that is to begin to becoming number one, awareness is always the key. Just becoming aware of when you're filling out through throughout the day and making note of it. Yeah. And then practicing whatever works for you, right. like whatever the words Christy would make the best, like stop you in your tracks. Yeah. For me, I go stop. That's silly. That is not true. And then I say what is true. Mm-hmm. Now for me, I say whatever's ridiculously true. So I pick the, whatever the specific thing is going on in my head, Yeah, I pick, you know, the most ridiculously opposite thing. For Leadership Forum, which was our most recent event, I kept having this fear thing in my mind that was like, nobody's going to show up, nobody's going to, and you know what I kept saying to myself? Stop it. That is silly. We are going to have a sold out event. Right. I picked the exact opposite, most ridiculous true thing. Why? Because it made me feel better. Right. I'd right. Ra- I don't know what's going to happen with that event at that time. We did have a sold out event, right. by the way. Yeah. Now I'm not saying who I created. Nobody that with my was going to not come. Right. But here's the thing: because I truly began to believe that we're going to have a sold out event, I showed up to sponsors, people that I talked to about mm-hmm. differently. Right. I wasn't showing up insecure, and people want to come alongside when you're excited. Right. And I am not insinuating that your boss now or the one last year, the year before, <laughs> wasn't connecting meaningfully with you because you were coming across as insecure. I can't, right. I can't know that. Yeah. What I can tell you is that when we're insecure, people pick up on it and it changes the way they interact with us. Yeah. Potentially limits their ability to connect with us. Gotcha. Potentially. Time will tell right. as you try out this new thing. Okay. The other thing I want to ping on is this whole thing about if it's not worth it, then it's not worth it for me being away from my kids. That when I felt uh, on a real level because I too have always been a working mom. My kids mm-hmm. are much older than yours now. Right. But I worked when they were your age, the whole guilt thing, I'm missing out on stuff or whatever. I actually want to challenge, um, 
a couple things. You know, we talk about this idea of limiting thoughts and a limiting thought is really obvious. It's anything that limits us. I think there might be some beliefs in there to apply the same self-coaching technique that I suggested about insecurity. Yeah. Around this belief that if we aren't all rowing in the same direction and building something together and everything, then this isn't worth my time. Because I think there could be something else that's true there that you might not be considering. So just for kicks and giggles, what would be a more fun, life-giving, exciting truth with the same circumstance? You said, you know, we're not, we don't feel like we're moving towards a common purpose and this would be the bad thing that would happen, okay. that we won't be going to, towards a common purpose and we wouldn't be building something together. Um, therefore, it means nothing. So let's say we're still not working together towards a common purpose and it doesn't feel like we're building something together. Okay. okay. That, that hasn't changed. Circumstance hasn't changed. What's a different belief around your role that isn't so it's not worth my time and I'm missing my kids for nothing. Instead of that belief, what's a different belief that would make you feel way better? That individually I am okay. making I'm making a difference. Like I undershadow what I think I undershadow what I do a lot of times because I know where I'm at when I'm at my 100%. And therefore, I don't give myself enough credit when I'm at my, like, still what I do is doing things, but I don't look at it as doing anything. Does that make sense? Yes. No, it doesn't. Yes. It does. Okay. Do you see the relationship between this and the insecure conversation yet? Oh, no, I totally okay. do. I am, I am like, I have the worst imposter syndrome ever. <laughs> so here's, here's the struggle though. When you're an achiever. Yes. We want everyone to achieve like we do. Yes. And if they don't, then everything's going to hell in a handbasket. Yes. Okay. That's called extreme thinking. Mm -hmm. It's a limiting thought. Right. Right. So what we want to do is get less extreme and create different possibilities, different choices for belief systems there. So one belief system that you've already brought up is, okay, maybe it's not all going to go to hell in the handbasket. Maybe I'm here for a reason. Maybe I'm doing better than I think I am. Maybe um, I'm having more of an influence than I am. Maybe, as you said, we're actually heading somewhere. Maybe we're heading somewhere that I have not even imagined yet. And maybe I need to let go of this imaginary destination that we all need to be working towards and what that actually looks like mm -hmm. and let go a little bit of my expectation that it needs to look like my plan. Maybe mm -hmm. there's a better plan that I haven't imagined yet. Mm -hmm. I don't know if any of that will come true. Right. But here's what I do know. When you show up to a circumstance like that, hopeful and curious, all of a sudden you respond differently to the people around you and they respond differently as a result. They don't stop being who they are, right? but it changes circumstance. Mm -hmm. Because in a negative cycle, 
it only takes one person to stop and start thinking differently to make a difference. Right. That's right. all it takes. So I'm not saying, oh, you're the problem. But what I'm saying is we all have a part to play in a negative, vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. And if you're the aware one, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. I'm not saying, oh, you got to be the hero. Right. But I'd love to be. Thank you. Right. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, yeah. let's be honest, who doesn't? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So maybe that, and if you don't want to say here, it's okay. Maybe you can drive home and think about it. And I hope you sit a little bit of taller when you do. Yeah. Maybe I'm the hero in this story. Mm-hmm. Instead, maybe we're all going to go to hell in a handbasket. Right. The tenor of those two stories couldn't be more different. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So how does a hero approach this situation? Now you don't answer that right now. Okay, good. But what you do is every time you start feeling this way, you go, no, 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 no. That was the old story. I want to make sound now, Jonathan. This is my new story. Mm-hmm. The new story is I'm the hero and we're here to make a difference. I'm yeah. going to make a difference and I'm going to make a difference regardless of what anyone else does. Yeah. See, now that's empowering. Mm-hmm. That opens up a world of choices to you. Right. Whereas the other one, the extreme thinking, no choices. Right. Right. You're a victim mm-hmm. of your circumstance. Yeah. yeah. Right. I believe these two situations work together to improve one another. Mm-hmm. As you work on the insecure feelings and get more truthful about who you really are, which is this fantastic, like rock star professional that everyone else sees, everyone sees, literally not one person who I know who has met you has not said, oh my gosh, she's so amazing. Do you know her? I'm like, yes, I do. And I'm always so proud to say that I know you. Mm -hmm. I don't talk like that, actually. (laughs) I was going to say, can you not? Can you not talk like that, please? Like, oh my God. (laughs) Totally, for sure. She's so rad. But um, like, we all see that. And I know people can say a million good things about me. And my first thought is they're just, they're lying. Right. Right. Yeah. So I've had to work hard on that too myself. Okay. Um, much, much better now. But the other piece is as you begin to build that confidence, what's going to happen is it's going to be easier for you to see yourself in a different role in this situation. Yeah. The role the old role was Christy as a victim of this change. Mm-hmm. That's the old role. Right. And you don't get to connect with these people. And as a result, you don't get to achieve these big goals. And as a result, you're missing out on time with your family. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. That's the old story. The new story is I'm a rock star professional. I'm here for a purpose. My purpose is X, Y, and Z. I'm going to accomplish X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do my best to get there. And I'm going to do so in alignment with my values. I'm going to be loyal. I'm going to be yeah. collaborative. I'm going to be, what else did you say? I wrote down some of your values that it sounded like tr- building trust. You like innovation, building relationships. You're going to show up that way no matter what anyone else does. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And you're going to applaud when they respond well. And when they don't, you're going to walk in reconciliation and you're going to go, well, that's just the way it is. Don't have control over that. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm going to be the hero. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And that story will give you the energy that that you said that you, that you feel like is lacking when you don't have this mm-hmm. before, you know, it's six, eight months down the road, you're going to realize that you don't need that external validation nearly as much, or maybe not even at all. Right. Yeah. That's my opinion. Now, before we go thoughts and reactions, like, am I totally off base? How are you feeling about this? No, I don't think so at all. I think you've identified a lot of things. So, um, yeah. And I, I think you're right. I think I, um, have gone 
I've gone into victim mode and that's a space I hate being right. It's so easy to do it, man. Yeah. And it's annoying and I don't, right. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't like it on other people and I sure as heck don't like it on me. Um, so yeah, so I think, you know, I think that a lot of things you've said today are things that I've heard before and, you know, some of your uh, workshops training, (laughs) there's a little plug. This sounds um, familiar. This sounds familiar, but, but it's also, I think it's like the practice of anything, right? Like it's really, easy to get into um the rut mm-hmm. and right the easy the easy thing is to just wave the flag and play victim so and for me I had to write it down yeah I, I had to make a practice I did it like five minutes before I went to bed at night yeah. to make it a regular part of my own like self-assessment and right. it took me probably six months of practicing yeah. that before it became just a habit yeah so that's how we take it out of our head and get it down into our heart for real. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much again for joining me today, Chrissy. And honestly, thank you for bringing this issue because I know this is real for you, but I think this is a really common issue that even if it's not, boss is changing it every 18 months. It's, it's a lack of connection at work and we all want that. Mm -hmm. And so what do we do when we can't get that fixed? We can't make people connect with us. And so thank you for bringing that up. I appreciate it. Um, thank you everyone for listening. I want to remind everyone once again of something. Impact Columbus is right around the corner. It's on October 17th. There's still time to get your tickets. Just go to impactcolumbus.com, learn all about the event, and you can register, get yourself a table, sponsor. It's a wonderful time for you and your whole team. Please don't miss it. Until next time.